Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to the daily devotional at the Church of the Palms. Uh, my name is Dr. Stu Broberg, and I'm one of the visitation pastors here at the church. Uh, let's begin by uh, listening to some beautiful and inspirational music. Our scripture for today uh, comes from the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Acts, the ninth chapter and the tenth verse. Uh, the Lord uh, was speaking to Ananias and saying, Rise and go to a street called Straight, and there inquire of a man from Tarsus named Saul, and behold, uh, you will find that he has been praying and that he has heard your name, Ananias, and that you will come and pray for him and he will receive his sight. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God. Let us pray. Uh, great God, we thank you uh, for your spirit, which indeed illumines us today, and we invite the Holy Spirit uh, to open our eyes, open our spiritual eyes, that we might regain our sight and see spiritual abundance and blessings and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I call this devotional uh, an Ananias moment. Um, this larger piece of scripture uh, begins with the very famous uh, part of scripture, which is the, uh, uh, the calling of the Apostle Paul on the road 
to Damascus. Some people refer to it as the Damascus Road Experience. And um, as uh, Saul is traveling on the road to Damascus uh, in order to continue his persecution of the Christian church, uh, a, uh, a voice calls out to him on the road, uh, Saul, Saul, why dost thou persecute me? And Saul says, who are you? And Saul realizes that who he has been persecuting is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is blind, and uh, so he's blinded on the road to Damascus. He hears the voice of the Lord, and now he is staying in Damascus. And now we pick up on what is um, the less familiar uh, block of this scripture, which is the story of Ananias. Uh, so uh, Ananias is a Christian, and he receives this nudge of the Holy Spirit. I'm calling it an Ananias moment. And the nudge of the Holy Spirit is for him uh, to go to seek out Saul, to find him, to lay hands on him, to pray for him, uh, that he might receive his sight. And, the, um, uh, and, of course, the very next thing, the Bible is so true, because the very next part of this is Ananias is remonstrating uh, against the Lord God Almighty, is complaining, and is saying, no, I really don't want to go uh, to see Saul. Saul is the great persecutor of the church. I'm a Christian. He throws uh, Christians like me uh, into prison or murders us. Saul is the one, after all, who was responsible for the death of the first great Christian martyr, Stephen, because as the Bible says, uh, and Saul was consenting in his death. Lord, I have been nudged by your spirit, but I don't want to do that. But to his credit, he summons up his courage. He does go to Saul. He does seek him out on the street called Straight. He does find him, and he does lay hands on him. And as he's praying for him, something, as it says, like scales fall from Saul's eyes, and his sight is restored. And this passage ends by it saying um, that, and Saul was baptized. So the great persecutor of the church, Saul, because of Ananias' faithfulness and obedience and prayer, and, and Saul uh, hearing also from God saying that somebody named Ananias is going to come and pray for you and you're going to receive your sight, and indeed somebody named Ananias comes and, and indeed Saul receives his sight. So Saul receives his new name, Paul, at his baptism, and Saul becomes Paul at the end of this Bible passage. As I say, I call this an Ananias moment. Uh, and I think that as Christians, uh, uh, each one of us, we're in Christ, and Christ is in us, and one of the gifts that we have being in Christ is we have the gift also of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and directing us each and every day, and in point of fact, um, is nudging us uh, to do and to say things in our life. Uh, just 
like in a parallel way to what happened uh, with Ananias, uh, we too are led by the Spirit. Uh, and, and what I would say uh, to people is, and 99% of the time we don't really realize it. Um, it's just, you know, you're driving along and you go, well, uh, I think I'm going to go this different way. I'm going to avoid uh, driving on the Tamiami Trail right now. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, there was a giant traffic jam and there was a, a little fender bender. And, and why did you go the different way rather than being on? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit was leading, guiding, and directing you. Uh, that's 99% of the time. 1% of the time, uh, it may be more obvious. It may be more like a distinct nudge. Uh, you know, the still, small voice of God moving uh, in our heart, in our mind, and in our soul. And we're nudged to do or to say something. It may be simple. Uh, you know, uh, reach out to this person. Call that person on the phone. Uh, write them a note. Uh, simple, go and visit them. Simple things. But I'll just say, you know, as a pastor I've learned over the years that when I get that kind of nudge, I don't dismiss it. I act upon it and I tend to try to act upon it immediately. So if, if I'm praying and someone's name pops into my head while I'm praying, I call them on the phone or I you know, can I come over and visit? And invariably I find that there's a very good reason to do so. So let me uh, illustrate uh, in a small way uh, one of these Ananias moments uh, that happened to me. This was, it was 2005. Um, I was in downtown Pittsburgh and I had just had lunch and I was walking down some steps and as I'm walking down the steps I get this nudge and it said, go pray in the church. And I thought, go pray in the church. I was like, okay. I'm on 6th Avenue, so right across the street is venerable old First Presbyterian Church in downtown Pittsburgh. And I go, okay. So I walk across the street. I walk down, uh, you know, uh, miraculously the doors of the church are open. Lots of churches aren't open. And I walk in, I walk down the main aisle, I plunk myself down toward the front. I even remember it was pew 54 on the right-hand side. And uh, I plunk myself down and I begin to pray. Well, in short order, uh, there's this other nudge and it's go see, uh, get up and go speak with David Brown. And it was like, okay. And David Brown is the associate pastor in this church. I've never met David Brown. I've never spoken with David Brown. Um, the only place that I've even seen him was on the floor of Pittsburgh Presbytery when uh, there was an administrative commission that was named and he and another, uh, for First Presbyterian Church, and he and another person from the church got up to speak against naming the, that commission. And what has happened in that church is the senior pastor has left and the church is in sort of turmoil and chaos about a number of different things. And David Brown is the associate pastor. He's the only other pastor on staff at the moment. So, but 
in my mind, I do just exactly what Ananias did. And I went, David Brown doesn't know me. Why would he want to see me? And then, and then I was like, it's Monday. Monday's probably his day off. He's not here. And then I said, even if he is working, what's the likelihood, the slim likelihood of him being up in his office today? Not, not at all likely. You know, so I'm remonstrating, and finally, you know, it's like, no, get up and go speak with David Brown. So I'm like, okay. I don't even know where the church office is. So I discover it's on the second floor. I go up the steps. There's a glass door. It's a city church, so I have to be buzzed in, you know, so I stand at the door, and uh, the, um, you know, the receptionist says, uh, you know, who shall I say is here, said, I'm uh, Pastor Stu Broberg, I'm a Presbyterian minister, and I'm here to see David Brown. So she buzzes me in, and I, I evidently I didn't look suspicious. I was probably in, you know, at least a sport coat and tie, so I might have even looked like a pastor a little bit. So I, I get in there and she says, uh, do you have an appointment? And I said, no. Uh, she said, well, uh, basically, you know, why are you here? But what should, why, how should I tell David why you're here, you know, why are, and I was like, ah, well, I'm not going to tell her that I felt nudged by the Holy Spirit or, you know, she'll probably call security on me. So I just said, well, we're colleagues in Pittsburgh Presbytery and I, I know the church is going through a tough time right now and, you know, and I just, I happen to be in downtown Pittsburgh, all of this is true, and uh, thought I'd just pop in and say hi to David Brown. Okay, so she escorts me up uh, the long hallway and his office is the last one on the right and escorts me in and and David Brown has a look of you know like why are you here and I probably have a look on my face like why am I here but I introduced myself and I said you know hi David I'm you know a colleague of yours from Pittsburgh Presbytery uh, and I could I just chat with you a little bit she, he said sure I sit down we start talking and I said, well, you know, I'd seen him at this, uh, at that presbytery meeting and I wanted to say that I thought he, well, he was very well spoken, he had handled himself very well. And, you know, that I'd been praying for him and First Presbyterian Church and, um, you know, that it would be blessed and the, whatever the issues were would be resolved. So we continued our conversation and uh, we started talking about interim periods of time and I said, well, and I recalled a story and, um, and it was the very first church when I was a, a young pastor up in Michigan and the senior pastor had left under very good circumstances, but it's still, it still, it creates anxiety in a congregation when the senior pastor leaves. and. Um, and I had received a call uh, to another church that, and that call happened almost simultaneously with the departure of the senior pastor. So my prayer was, should I take this call and leave or should I stay and, and I said to him exactly these words, and be part of the glue to hold the congregation together during the interim period of time. And he got this sort of shocked and stunned expression on his face. And he actually, he started to cry. And he 
and then he, you know, composed himself and he, and he shared and he said that last night, Sunday night, he and his wife had been praying together because he had just received a call to go to another church. And their prayer was, should they go to that new church, that new call, or should they stay at First Presbyterian Church, you know, and be part of the glue that holds the church together during the interim period of time? The exact phrase I had used when I was sharing my story. Well, uh, so out of that conversation, he felt that their prayers had been answered um, and that he was to stay at First Presbyterian Church to be part of the glue during the interim period of time. The story doesn't end there. It gets wilder. Because I had no association with First Presbyterian Church, um, had no clue, but six months later, I'm called to be the interim senior pastor at venerable old First Presbyterian Church in downtown Pittsburgh. And I walk into the doors of the church and the first person I see is David Brown. And the Lord had paved the way already for us to be great friends and colleagues, to work together, to trust one another. And it, it, was, it was perfect, it was so perfect, it had to be from God. God, I would say, is the great chess player, moving the chess pieces uh, and in ways to bless us and to bless the churches we serve. So I just, I thought that was completely wild. So as I said, every Christian uh, possesses the Holy Spirit. Uh, and God is always nudging us uh, to do and to say and to be uh, various things. But I, I want to say, I hope this, uh, you can hear this correctly. It's a little tough to say this, but God won't waste those nudges of the Spirit on people who aren't willing to respond and follow through and do what they're nudged to do. And, and I'll just, you know, my experience in ministry is the more you're willing to drop what you're doing and follow whatever that nudge might be, the more likely you're going to be nudged again, who knows, next week in relation to something. And it's always something beautiful. It's always something, uh, you know, I was just thinking about you and I called you on the phone. Oh, that's perfect, Pastor. I, I really needed to talk with you today. So I want to conclude with this. And it is to ask a question. Uh, what would have happened if Ananias hadn't acted upon his nudge of the Holy Spirit? You know, what had happened if his fear had overridden this nudge and he had convinced himself that no, he was not going to go to the street called Straight and seek out Saul and lay hands on him because he was afraid that he might wind up in prison or worse. Think about it, right? Well, first, Saul would still be blind. Um, uh, secondly, um, Saul 
uh, would not have been baptized. Um, and Saul would not have become Paul at his baptism. And, by the way, and Paul wouldn't have become the apostle to the Gentiles. Oh, and by the way, all of us who are Gentile Christians, and that includes most of us in every Presbyterian church, we're all Gentiles, we wouldn't be here in the church but for what Ananias did. So this is just the encouragement to all of us. When you get that little nudge from the Spirit, somebody's name pops into your head. Just act upon it. Um, follow through. And you'll be glad that you did. Because something, God is up to something. And will do something to bless someone and to bless you in the process. Amen and amen. Let us pray. A great God, uh, now open our hearts and our minds to seek your leading in our life in big ways, but in small ways as well. Uh, Lord, to follow the tiniest nudges of your spirit and to do what you're asking us to do. Lord, bless us and open us up to the beauty, the love and the power at work in the world around us every day and how we can be just like Ananias, an instrument of your will, your purpose, and your love in the world. Lord, bless us now, and this we ask and claim in the strong and the powerful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.